This is the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Hello, it's Mark here and welcome to the Clonmel Podcast episode 149 for this Friday, the 29th of September. Brought to you by our friends at the Village Grill Clareham, where they're open six days a week, closed on Mondays. Having a party or get-together? Why not check out their great party food deals at thevillagegrill.ie on the app, which you can download now, or by calling 052 613 Before we start, can I just say a big thank you for your lovely sentiments after the passing of my father there recently. I was very taken aback by your lovely kind words and support during this difficult time. My dad was a very proud Clonmel man, born at number 24, Gary Moore, and then as a child moved down to Father Matthew Terrace. He went to London like many people from town did back in the day, or England, to find work, and moved back to Clonmel 30 years ago in 1993, where you'll probably see him walking down the Blue Way or at Mulcahy Park with the dog. And before that, he kind of caught the car boot sale bug out in Feathered where he'd be flogging stuff that you would have given him for his birthday or Christmas. I know, it was like that. You'd say, Dad, didn't I give you that for your birthday? And he'd just laugh <laughs> and flog it for a fiver or something. But he was a great man and you know what? I miss him dearly. I really do. But thank you again for your kind words and support. So what is coming up this week on the Clonmel podcast? Well, I chat to Deirdre Broccoli on her days working in the Now Boutique in O'Connell Street and also moving to London to work in Harrods and meeting certain celebrities. I'll also let you know about an upcoming photography exhibition coming to the Tipperary Museum of Hidden History, the Irish Cancer Society's free health check coming to town, some events for Halloween coming up, and also the winners of our hashtag Where's Mella competition from a couple of weeks ago are also announced. The Club Mel Podcast. The next Clonmel Repair Cafe and Toy Library is on tomorrow, Saturday, at Zero Waste Marketplace in Angles Street. It's on from 11.30am to 1.30pm, so if you have something smallish in need of repair, why not take it along? Barn Lodge, just out the Care Road, are holding Trad on the Trailer, featuring music from the Dooleys, and it's happening tomorrow, Saturday, the 30th of September. So why not pop out for a bite to eat and enjoy a bit of Trad? Meanwhile, out in Feathered, Declan Roach is holding dance classes in jive, waltz, cha-cha and line dancing every Wednesday at the iconic Feathered Ballroom. No partner required, by the way. The beginners class starts at 8pm with the non-beginners, you know, the ones who are a bit good, at 9pm. €10 per class or book six for €50. And for more details, you can call Declan on this number, 086 0286 289. That'll be some crack, won't it? Bit of line dancing. Oh, yep, love that. Positive Aging Week runs from the 1st to the 7th of October, and on Wednesday, October the 4th, there'll be an afternoon of music and song with Liam O'Shea and Ollie Hart at the Clonmel Library, and it all starts there at 2 p.m. Staying with the library, they're also having a Halloween party and story time with games and prizes for the best costume. It's on Tuesday, Halloween, the 31st of October at 3pm. The kids will just love this. Now, I've also been told you need to book this, which you can do by calling 052 616 6130. 
A Halloween play event comes to the Hillview Sports Club on Saturday the 28th and Sunday the 29th of October. There'll be bouncy castles, music, lights, giant games and lots more. Get all the details on electricpartyrentals.ie And don't forget, Monday night is bingo night at Hillview Sports Club and it all starts at 8pm. Imperium Showcase present Hello Ween at the Coachman on Friday the 27th of October. There'll be live pole, aerial hoop, burlesque and drag performances and a pop-up shop by Lace and Tassels. Now doors open at 7pm with the show starting at 8 and tickets are €15 from the door. The Paddy Cashin Photography Exhibition will be coming to the Tipperary Museum of Hidden History next week and will be open to the public from Saturday the 7th of October. There'll be hundreds of seen and unseen photographs from around Clonmel and beyond from the 70s and 80s on display. A weekly walk and talk takes place every Thursday at the Clonmel Resource Centre in Kickham Street. It starts at quarter past 11 in the morning, so want to pop along, make new friends. Refreshments will also be served afterwards. The South Tipperary Involvement Centre is open Tuesday to Friday from 11am to 1pm at a place for you in Gladstone Street where you can pop in for a cuppa and a chat. They also have their Tuesday Evening Club on the first and last Tuesday of every month from 7 to 9pm. And on Tuesday the 10th of October from 2 to 4pm, they'll be celebrating World Mental Health Day with poetry, discussion, tea and chat. The Irish Cancer Society will be offering free health checks in Penny's O'Connor Street next week. It's all part of their Health Matters Roadshow. You'll have your blood pressure checked, body mass index and carbon monoxide readings and information on cancer prevention, screening and ways to spot early signs of cancer by nurses. It's on from 10am to 5pm on Tuesday, October the 3rd and once again it's free of charge. If you love your records and CDs, you'll love this. A vinyl and CD market is coming to St. Mary's Parish Hall, Irish Town, this coming Sunday, October the 1st. It's on from 11am to 4pm. Back to Hillview Sports Club. They're holding their Tennis Club Championships 2023 this coming Monday, the 2nd of October, with the finals on Friday, the 6th of October. Get more details on their Facebook page. Southeastern Mountain Rescue present the Long Way Round, which is a 15k fundraising run walk for SEMRA. You can register now on Eventbrite if you'd like to take part in that. The Feathered Community Circle Group of Friends present a lip sync battle at Hotel Manila on Sunday, October the 29th at 8pm. Tickets are €25 Euros from the Feathered Post Office or any committee member, and it's in aid of South Tipperary Hospice. Kill Sheila and Kill Cash present a jungle challenge at Hotel Manila on the 11th of November. Now, I believe the launch night is tonight at Nagel's Bar in Kilsheelan with tickets going on sale tomorrow, Saturday. Love the look of this. There'll be 24 contestants taking on jungle challenges with proceeds going to Kill and Kill Cash GAA Club. I think it's a bit like I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. That's going to be some crack. Kids Yoga and Mindfulness for Children Aged Between 6 and 10 Years is on every Tuesday at 3.45 to 4.45pm at the Clarehan Community Hall, €10 per class. For more, contact this number 087-61-25923. The next St Vincent de Paul Furniture event is on Friday the 6th of October from 10am to 1pm at Mulcahy House, Anglesey Street. Why not pop along there and grab yourself a bargain? 
Clonmel Sinn Féin are holding a table quiz at Fennessy's Hotel on Friday the 6th of October. All starts at 8pm, €25 per table. There'll be a raffle and prizes on the night as well. And all are welcome to come along. A supper club, a wine tasting event from TheOven.ie and Marnie and Lily is coming to Slevenamon Golf Club tomorrow Saturday. That's the 30th of September. Five-course dinner with all wine paired. Price is €90. And to book your ticket, go to TheOven.ie, Instagram or call Steve on 083 050 1304. This year's Focus Island Shine a Light Night will take place on Friday, the 13th of October. If you go to focusisland.ie, you can get all the details on signing up for your sleep out against homelessness. Clon Melody present the Candlelight Quartet with the Libra String Quartet at Raheen House on Thursday, October the 5th, where you'll be serenaded by Candlelight to the music of the movies and musicals. Tickets are $19.50 plus booking fee through Eventbrite and doors open at 8pm. That's set to be a fantastic evening, it really is. If you wake up tomorrow nice and early and full of energy, why not take part in the Clonmore Park Run? It's on every Saturday morning starting at 9.30am from the Gas House Bridge. All are welcome for this 5k run or walk along the river. The Clonmel Podcast Job Spot. Now, jobs this week, what have we got? Well, Dove Hill, just out the N24, are looking to hire staff for their cafe and kitchen. You can email your CV to gcarroll at blarney.com. County Tipperary Skillnet here in town are hiring. They're looking for a network administrator. Get more details on their social media pages. A checkout operator is wanted at Super Value Poppy Fields. You can drop in your CV there if interested. A retail sales consultant is wanted at the Vodafone store. Just drop in your CV if interested. A retail betting assistant is also wanted at Paddy Power Bookmakers here in town. Once again, drop in your CV to apply. Talbot Fitness at the Talbot Hotel are looking to hire a leisure attendant pool lifeguard. It's part-time, you'll need your qualifications, and if interested, email leisuremanager at talbothotelclonmel.ie. And finally, Raheen House are looking for experienced housekeepers and a junior trainee chef. Get more details on their Facebook page. If you'd like to advertise a job on the Clonmel podcast, just email theclonmelpodcast at gmail.com. Right, time for this week's interview, and I caught up with Deirdre Broccoli from Clark's Villas and Carrageen for a chat. The Clonmel Podcast. Deirdre Broccoli, welcome to the Clonmel Podcast. Thank you for having me. Or should we say Deirdre Brennan? That's right, my, my pre-marriage name. Whereabouts in town are you from? Uh, I was brought up in Clark's Villas, um, up by Ard, um, Ard Fatima, uh, from the age, well, birth till 13, I think it was. Good days growing up in Clark's Villas? Oh yeah, they have different times, mm. you know, different times, great people. Um, nice sense of community there. Oh, very much, very much, yeah. They, my mother and father, my dad worked, my mother was uh, at home uh, with all of us, there was a load of us. And uh, uh, and we were very rarely inside. Um, like a lot of kids back then. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, you know, obviously you had to go to school, <laughs> but um, you had no choice, you know, but, um, and mass. But uh, after that... Mass. Yeah, after that it was... Um, you know, you're you were a free agent more or less. You know, and and it wasn't a bad thing back then. You know, whereas it might be this in in this time, but back then it was more. Um, you could, you know, go off for the whole day nearly. You know, and um, bring a sandwich. Where would you go with your friends if you were heading out for the day? Well, 
I suppose when if you think about it, you know, with the long summer holidays, um, I know my friend Catherine Slater that lived across the road mm. in Art Fatima would knock on my door and uh, are you coming out to play and we'd be gone and we'd there would be a, a few of us um, that would head off up up uh, to the sandy banks um, you know go down to the park we used to even walk to the graveyard you know and walk around looking at all the the graves and the flowers anything to entertain ourselves outside you know and it was great fun you know um, but we were always starving you know so um, not that we weren't fed properly mammy kill me if she heard that but we weren't uh, left to starve <laughs> but we were always looking for snacks you know and um, and you could you know you could be picking berries or you, you know and you just were part of I suppose nature really in a way as a, as a child back then more than any anything compared to today. No mobile phones, no internet, no. Wi-Fi, computer games. No. They were great days weren't they? Mm, no not contactable. <laughs> No, and um, you you might hear, you know, depending on where you were, um, the bongo drums for tea time, you know, um, Deirdre, your dinner is ready, you know, uh, it would come across, say, if you're over in Bianconi Drive or up the hilly field or something like that. Get passed along. I know, it. yeah, yeah, and you know, and different different members, it's your turn now, you've got to go home, you know, um, but we did stay, we did, we did have fun, you know, and, um, and... Didn't you hate that when you were a kid, when you were called for your tea? Because yeah. you were having such a great time. You didn't know what time it was, mm. which is the whole point, really. You're, you were totally free. We were climbing trees. If you remember, even in the, you know, the, the park, there were, um, is it Melview House? Uh, it used to be a big field there, and they had lovely trees, and we used to have swings on those trees. And they were amazing. We'd spend an awful lot of time swinging around on those. Um, the, the older boys were, uh, you know, always in charge, really. But the younger ones managed to get on every so often. But, um, and then again, you had no fear as a child, did you? No. Like you wouldn't do it now. No, but you were very, <laughs> but the funny thing is, I mean, yeah. there were people you were aware of that mm. you knew weren't 100%, as in um, you wouldn't be on your own and, um, or you didn't talk to them. So you were aware of who the people were and you didn't have any association. And, um, and I don't know, it was an instinctive thing because I don't ever remember anyone telling us. I think it probably was. You know? But I was, I was more so getting out of things like swinging out of trees and doing crazy things on your bikes that you, you certainly wouldn't do to yeah. this day. Or yeah. you might look back and go, I can't believe I actually did that. Yeah, I know. It's mad, isn't it? You know? You know, but yeah, they, um, I remember, you know, um, uh, even around Christmas time, you know, um, we, my father, uh, well, everybody knew each other and, um, and people would come, we'd have drinks in your house, you know. And, um, and dad would have come back. Uh, he, he, they used to play, I think it was at Christmas Eve, they used to have a card game. And, and he always won a turkey, mm. you know, so we'd end up having these extra massive turkey, you know. Um, but I remember one particular night and um, Christmas Eve night, and I was quite young and there was a load of us and we heard noises, you know, we we're always trying to be quiet and go to sleep. And, um, and we snuck downstairs and uh, looked through the keyhole. Now the house was very small. He looked through the keyhole and straight in front of the keyhole was the fireplace. And straight in front of the fireplace was my dad um, sat with Santa Claus, who had a pint of Guinness. 
<laughs> I swear to God, we believed it for years, mm. you know, that he was real. Mm. Obviously, mm. it was a friend of his that was mm. dressed up for a party mm. and had come back fully mm. dressed. Brilliant. And um, but we were very, very good and ran back upstairs and went to sleep. But um, but yeah, it was just good. It was lovely. Yeah. Fond memories as a child there. What about school days? Good days? School days. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, um, it was tough, um, to be fair. Um, the Sisters of Charity was a different school back then, you know. Um, I don't know if other um, girls would remember um, the, the head nun back then, Mother Magdalene, um, who um, used to um, basically belt you if you were late, you know. Um, it was the, obviously the law. Yeah. I um, mean, yeah. they could. Yeah, we got whacked in school. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. So, um, you know. Um, I remember being particularly late a few mornings because my little sister had started and she was a bit, you know, she didn't want to go and and and, uh, and I was terrified going in and um, but the, I'd love to know who these old ladies were, but they were walking past and they would keep an eye, they'd hide behind the post and keep an eye. She's gone out of the office, you know, run, you know, and we'd have to run in, you know, you. before she'd see you. <laughs> but I do have fond memories of the place, you know, there was um, the nun's garden in the, in, in the um, school was lovely and um, and they used to um, they, we used to have like um, uh, in the mornings when you were little you used to get the uh, bread and butter mm. and it was the best bread and butter mm. you'd ever have you know it was gorgeous <laughs> and um, there, there was so many of us in the class um, you know and I think um, the, a lot of my friends I haven't seen uh, you know quite a few of them uh, in you know since I moved away but um, Fiona Condon, um, she lives up in um, Fairfields now, and, um, and she's now a Gregory. And um, uh, Catherine Slater, and uh, there was a few of us, you know, in the school. But it was it was a, a different time. Do you have more fondness for your primary school than your secondary school? I think I have more fondness for my secondary school. Which was uh, presentation. Okay. Mm. And um, probably because I wasn't so frightened. Mm. You know, um, and it's a sad thing to say, not to say I was always frightened in Sisters of Charity, it was a different uh, time. There was more discipline, you mm. know. Um, but I know from my older sisters that, um, you know, they they would have been uh, through the wars themselves over the years, you know, but uh, in that school. But um, at the presentation, um, you know, that was, it was very modern. It was a new school, lovely teachers, very open, you know. Um, and influential teachers. Um, oh gosh, I'm even trying to remember the teachers now. Um, Miss Murphy, the art teacher, she was lovely, and I love going to her class. And um, and I think there was another Miss Murphy in the biology, another lovely teacher. And um, the Miss 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 Byrne, I think it was, uh, who was the accountancy teacher. And uh, I wasn't great at maths, but I was very good at accountancy for some reason. <laughs> I couldn't really correlate that, but it was, uh, it was, it was, um, you know, they were very good. But a lot of them were very, they were, they were, they were different to what I'd experienced previously. Yeah. You know, and it was more. I think times have had changed. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, leaving sir. Leaving, leaving sir. I did my leaving sir. All good. All good. Yeah, I managed to get through that. Um, my father was very ill at the time and um, I didn't really understand what was going on at home um, but he, he had lung cancer and um, 
but they kept it from me while I was doing my exams. And, uh, uh, but uh, he passed away that December. Um, uh, but I didn't, didn't know really until well after, say the Debs Ball and the, you know, um, all, until I'd actually left and mm, moved to Galway. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and when he got particularly ill and they knew he wasn't going to get better, they got us home. Where was your Debs Ball, by the way? In Manila. Was it really? Yes. <laughs> in Manila. And um, I had a date that was arranged for me because I didn't have a boyfriend. Come on, who did you take I, with I you? couldn't, I, I don't even, it was a girl called Sinead D mm. and it was a friend of hers. And for the life of me, I can't remember the guy's name because I never, I met him that night. Mm. I never met him again, you know. And it, so God help us, that poor man. I know, but it, he was lovely. <laughs> That's the funny thing. It was different times, no phone. It was. Yeah. And I was in Carrigeen <clears throat> then, but it was um, no phone. And, um, you know, um, they were a different group of friends as well. And you didn't want to go to the ball on your own. Hmm. Um, but uh, I was particularly shy back then. So, you know, I, I didn't, um, uh, I wouldn't, certainly wouldn't have found it easy to meet up with someone, you know, just to go. But um, he was lovely and he came to the house and he had a beautiful corsage. And I'll never forget that moment, you know. And it was, and my father was there, which was even nicer, you know, and it's a lovely memory. You know, beautiful memory to have, mm. isn't it? You mentioned yeah. Carrigeen, so you were living there for a while. Yeah, uh, from um, the age of fourteen, possibly going into fifteen, um, and that was uh, that was fantastic. That was, uh, the, you know, it was. I know people would probably say, "Oh, you can't be serious," but you know, it was really lovely, a really really nice place when it was built. We were, it was new, and Father Kennedy had just come to town. I don't know if you ever remember Father oh, Kennedy. Do indeed. And. Um, and he um, looked after my father um, uh, when he was ill. We were living there that, at that time, uh, a few years, uh, a year later. But um, uh, we, I always remember when he, um, he'd probably be embarrassed now to hear this, but um, I remember um, when he first came up to say mass and they had this beautiful circular um, sort of arena, if you like, in the middle of the estate and it had beautiful pillars. So it's all gone now. Oh. Um, and he said mass and I remember all the mothers, oh, you know, he's gorgeous, he's this and he's that. And he, you know, it's like the thorn birds, Mary, it's like the thorn birds. <laughs> thorn birds, brilliant. <laughs> so that was funny, but um, yeah, I, honestly, it was just, you couldn't make it up, but it was, um, he was, he was very good. A little bit. He's, he's wasted as a priest. Oh, he's totally wasted as a priest. <laughs> You know, and when we heard he was related to um, JFK, we thought, well, that adds up, you know, you know, he definitely had something about him. But, um, oh but yeah, God. yeah. And he was very kind to my dad. Uh, he, my dad was um, Paddy Brennan. So he worked in the manor. Uh, he used to be known as Snowball Brennan. Snowball. Do you know how we ever got the name? Because I love hearing nicknames. Blonde hair. Oh, wow. He was um, in his day. He was mistaken for um, in town. Uh, he used to dress quite smartly when he was in town. Danny Kay. Danny Kay, yes. no way. He looked like Danny yeah. Kay. But could he dance like Danny Kay? Yes, because he used to, he used to, he used to, um, well, maybe not tap dancing, but he definitely was, he used to do ballroom dancing. Oh, wow. Uh, and it was with um, Sylvia Carney was his partner um, that used to, I think she lived in College Avenue. He used to sing at Mass, I think, at one stage, didn't she, Sylvia? Did she sing at Mass? At yes, and yes. Um, so did my dad. Yes. So they sang together in the choir and, um, and that was fantastic. You know, that's a very fond memory as well, because mm. um, I used to sing in the junior choir and at half ten. So, you know, my dad and myself would be up early and, uh, you know, we'd have a huge big pot 
that you'd fill with water because there was no electric kettles and for so many cups of tea that had to be made and we'd put that on the gas first thing and make the breakfast and we'd, I'd head off first, I was very proud of myself. I'm going to mass first, you know. Um, but Mr. Geary used to, um, uh, you know, train us and he was lovely. Um, but my dad used to sing in the choir and oh, I used to wait for him. And I used to go to two masses back then. Say. <laughs> uh, I am totally the opposite now, but um, uh, he used to sing at the 11.30 Mass. And, um, but this, he, when he passed away in 1986, um, he passed away on the Saturday and, he, and it was just before Christmas. So he was buried very, his uh, funeral was very fast. It was the 20th of December. It was very sad actually, because the, the funeral was so fast. We didn't have time to um, let people know through, say that there was no social media or anything like that. And so his friends were singing in the choir at the mass um, for him, you know, mm. uh, that day. Oh my God. On a Sunday morning, mm. and it was very emotional. And they sang so beautifully, and I'll never forget them, you know. And um, uh, yeah, they were uh, special memories. What about work, Deirdre? Any jobs here in town back in the day? Yeah, I mean, um, I obviously uh, went to uh, part-time at Dunn's. Duns? Hardware, depart hardware department. We're talking Duns Oakville now? Duns Oakville. Okay, different Oakville back in the day. Yeah, very much so. And um, it was um, uh, run, uh, the manager at the time was Mr. Ryan. And um, he was a lovely manager, I have to say, and he looked after us very well. And, um, but I was only there for a short time because I was maybe Friday night and Saturday after school and in fifth year only. And then I had to stop because I had to put some effort into my homework and study. Of course study. you did, yes, what we all did. <laughs> to the leave insert. And, um, and after that, uh, once I did my leave insert, I decided, right, I'm moving to Galway. And I hounded my sister so I could move in with her and got the bus to, um, and this is my sister Marcella, and I got the bus um, to Galway and um, uh, had my bike in the boot and cycled into town and got a job. And that was the way it was. Uh, I was working in uh, Stephanie Lynch Boutique in Air Square and um, fantastic clothes. Mm. Oh my goodness, you know, the style. So I used to enjoy all of that, you know, being allowed to wear all this lovely gear. And, um, and, and then, as I said before, you know, my dad passed away um, that year. So we had to come back from Galway. So I was only there six months. Mm. And, uh, and after uh, that, that time, and. Uh, I started working for Joan in Now Boutique in O'Connell Street, where it was. That was a little small shop. A small shop. It was tiny, wasn't it, the Now then? Everything in there, but it was tiny. It was tiny, but you could be, you would be amazed at the amount of stuff that they managed to fit into there, mm. you know, clothes-wise, and us. <laughs> and, uh, and it was a great little shop. Uh, there was a great buzz there, you know, and uh, the town was so busy back then. You know, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, the Connell Mall about then, of course. Yeah, the Connell Mall, but just the whole atmosphere in the town was different because mm. you had people had a reason to come into town. You know, um, you know the the shops were independent shops. You had veg shops, you had butchers, you had all sorts of different variety of stores. That people to have a reason to come into town, um, and so of course it was busy, and people met up with other people, and you know, you went to the pub or you went to the cafe. Um, but um, or Dick's Deli, 
Get the giant rolls, remember Get those? Get the rolls, oh my God, yeah, they were amazing. <laughs> and um, the rolls were uh, something special. <laughs> they you know, were, you, were they? For a pound, you could stick anything in it. And uh, I would put absolutely everything in there. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, back up to the first floor and have that and come downstairs. But yeah, no, that was a good job. That was fun. And uh, Joan and Tony, they were very good and, um, and worked very hard especially in a, you know, in a new mm, town, mm. new business, but they were on the ball because they knew uh, there was nowhere for young people to get stylish gear. And I was, I was loving it because, you know, this is the place to be. Mm. And um, so that was good. And um, what did I do after that? Uh, yeah, I went to uh, the newspaper in Waterford and through my, I, I think my sister Marcella thinks I'm following her around the place because she moved from Galway to Waterford. That's so, <laughs> so I ended up going, down to Waterford working in the newspaper. Tell us about your mother and Roy Orbison. Oh my God, my sisters will kill me and my brothers. Um, we were told uh, a story when we were young by my mother and um, she didn't really ever tell anybody else. And probably, you know, uh, because she didn't, didn't want to people to not believe her, if you know what I mean. But, um, she used to, if you can imagine back in the early 60s, when you went anywhere, your hair was done, you had gloves on, you had a beautiful suit, and your, your high heels, your basket, and you went out and did your little shopping for the day. And she was walking along, and she was beautiful, and she was walking along the um, uh, Queen Street uh, back then, uh, walking through, through to do her few, few messages in the town. And, um, and this black limousine pulled up and um, and she just ignored it and just kind of kept walking and um, and eventually um, the window was rolled down and um, and the driver cause he had a driver uh, they were looking for directions and she was trying to explain to them where it was and they couldn't figure out how to get across the bridge or whatever it was. So it was to Manila was it? Manila yeah. they were looking to go to Manila and um, so she went with them over and showed them where to go and went in and had a coffee, had a chat, but, um, uh, and obviously uh, she didn't know it was Roy Orbison and um, never seen him before and um, was chatting away to him, having her, her, her coffee. And he said, oh, you want to come back for dinner? You know, and um, she said, no, uh, uh, I'm married. <laughs> I'm not coming back and, um, and went, uh, obviously went home and I never said a word to anybody and didn't think anything of it because she didn't know who he was. Obviously it was unusual because big black limo in Clonmel <laughs> and um, eventually a few, seven months later I was looking, uh, you know, walking through the town and then seeing his picture outside a record shop and with the, uh, he'd released his new single Pretty Woman and she listened to it and she said, that's me, <laughs> you know, because so because this whole story was mm. pretty woman walking down the street, mm. and she believed to her dying day that that was her song, and rightfully and, so. And any time that song came on, she would, you know, dance around the kitchen listening to it. You know, happy memory. Well, you've met a few famous people yourself over the years. I know one of your jobs was working in Harrods in London. What yeah. brought you there? Actually. Um, I used to work in a company, well, a newspaper in Waterford, um, in the Waterford News and Star, and I wanted to change the scenery. 
and um, and I moved back to Clomel and that didn't work out. So I thought, right, what am I going to do? So um, I took a job um, in a hotel in central London and um, and it wasn't a good time for Irish people then, you know, going anywhere. Uh, 1994, um, it, you know, money was tight. And so I took this job in, in a hotel in, in London and uh, I lasted three weeks because I thought there's no way I'm going to continue uh, working for this place. Mm. And um, so I started looking for another job and I thought if I get to Christmas, this was October, mm. if I get to Christmas, um, I'll be happy. And so I took a job in Harrods and I thought, great, this is perfect. You know, beautiful shop, couldn't believe it. And um, thought I'd be working in the shop floor somewhere lovely. I know, I was in the central cash office. <laughs> so up in the roof. And it was very full security, you know, very tough uh, environment working. Um, I wasn't involved in counting money or anything like that. That was in a different section over in the room beside us. But um, I started working there. Um, and uh, and through that uh, office, I was offered um, a job uh, as a, a trainee accountant working in the finance department, um, which really was amazing. And um, and during that time, a few years had passed, by the way, and um, uh, Mr. Fayed needed a personal accountant. So I started working for him as his personal accountant. So I'd look after his financial affairs um within uh you know the office and um, for whatever else is going on and also i'd be looking after them for um the uh the chairman's office which is his and also um the windsor horse show and whatever else we were involved in what was he like Mohammed al fayed he was funny was he um he, he had a bit of a cheeky chappy feel oh about very him. much yeah i mean you know you <laughs> He, you know, he, you, you never knew what was going to come out mm. because he had no filter, right. you know, and um, uh, but it was, it was very, very interesting and very uh, enjoyable. Now he could be tough, you know, but if you were doing your job, you were fine, you know, and he really looked after us very well. You know, we were spoiled rotten, you know, um, and there was a good few of good few staff up there, you know, and they, they're there. Some of them are still working for him. The office itself was fantastic, you know. I can still remember where my office was. You know, when you look at Harrods from the Brompton Road and you look up and the very top floor, the corner office was his and then five windows in was mine. <laughs> so I used to say, Mammy, that's where I am, you know. And I used to pinch myself every so often, you know, because I, I just mm. thought, God, I can't believe I'm working up here. Cause you, did you get a staff discount? Oh, definitely. Did yeah, you? that was the best bit. <laughs> it's awful, uh, you know, when you leave a place like that, trying yeah. to <laughs> trying to overcome the fact that you can't take thirty or forty percent off everything, you know. Yeah. Um, and, but that was great, and he was a lot. He was fun, you know. Um, and you know, we could have whatever we wanted in the restaurants, you know. And it was your birthday. He'd get the chef to make an ice a, an ice cream cake, and we'd ha have a trolley of champagne. No way. Brought to us. Yeah. Very nice indeed. Yeah. And, and they would all come down, all the, well, him and um, all his solicitors or whoever was in the office, they all would have, we'd all have a lovely afternoon. Of course, he had very many celebrity friends over the years, didn't he, Mohammed? Yeah, he'd have, a, well, the, the routine, I suppose, would be that, you know, um, if people that were well known, um, he would like to invite them up, 
you know, and, and talk to them and tell them all about the shop and bring them on a tour, you know. And um, so you never know who you'd bump into when you're walking down the hall. Who did you bump into? Oh, God. Um, Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis. Yeah, Enrique Iglesias. Um, oh, God, there's so many of them now. I've lost, because uh, you get used to it. You've heard, Burt Reynolds, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I bet you had to pinch yourself then when you saw Michael Jackson coming down the corridor towards you. Oh my goodness! You know, I I, my, I nearly died, and um, and he went to um, a football uh, match that night as well when he was there at Fulham Football Club because obviously Mohammed owned That's Fulham right, Football he did, Club. Yeah. And um, he um, he was a lovely man actually, and I knew I had to get his signature. I knew I had to get his autograph. Whatever about anybody else, I knew I had to get his one. And I spoke to his security t uh, detail and said, what, you know, do you think he'd be okay? And he said, yeah, go for it, you know. He's, he's fine. And he was in one of the side rooms and he was, he was really tall. Michael Jackson? He seemed really tall to me anyway. Maybe yeah. I'm small. Yeah. And his hands were really long, lovely mm. long fingers. And, um, and we shook hands and uh, we were walking around the room together looking at the pictures on the wall. And that must be so surreal. It was actually, and um, and I had, um, and I was telling him. Uh, well, we went to see him in Cork. My sister Francis. Years ago, Jim. Yeah. Who, who wasn't at that gig? Yeah, no, yeah. Was, <laughs> we, we, you know, and I remember thinking, oh my God, I wish I could meet him, and I couldn't believe I was in the room on my own with him, and um, and we were just talking away about this and that, and and he uh, signed um, a, an autograph for my niece who lives, who now lives in Japan, Suzanne, and um, she was crazy about him. And I said, I had to get it for her because, you know, it was very special and a, a unique thing because, you know, the, the store was crazy knowing he was there. And um, he signed the piece of paper and he said, oh, tell her I love her, you know, <laughs> tell her I love her and give her a big hug. You know, he was so kind. Did he uh, invite you to Never Neverland? No, 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 no. That, that I, I went back to my Never Neverland back in the office <laughs> and continued to do my day's job. But, um, but yeah, it was always a, an interesting um, uh, trip up the hall. To see who might uh, who's appear. Up, who's here today? Who's you here know, today? And the sale was a big thing as well, you know, because... That was um, a big thing, the Howard sale, wasn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, you'd have, um, it was very special for all of us because, you know, it was a change of routine and um, the celebrity would all arrange to come and he'd, you know, you'd be part of the opening ceremony and the whole lot and uh, as there's Pierce Brosnan, Boyzone, um, Cher came over and there was loads of people. What about that thing that we used to read about where a certain celebrity would come to Harrods and had shut the store down for them, mm -hmm. for their pri that did happen, their private view. Well, it uh, the only one I know about was Michael Jackson. This is Michael. <laughs> so the, the day he came in, he went shopping, you know, right. and no one else in the store. Just no one else. And it was very, very special for him, you know, and um, but it was um, but it's not to say it doesn't happen for others. You know, oh. I don't know. Um, I can't tell you. But uh, what was it like there in 1997 when Mohammed Al-Fayed's son Dodi and Princess Diana died? Oh. You were still there then? Yeah, I was working there from the beginning of that year. Where were you when you heard the news? Um, I was in, well, I was living in um, East Coast in Pinner, mm. and um, my flatmate uh, came into the room to tell me, he'd just come in from a late night shift to tell me that um, uh, Princess Diana and Dodie had been killed, and it was the worst feeling I'd ever had. It was shocking. Mm. And 
turned on the TV like everybody else in the world. Thought it was unbelievable. Yeah. Was this true story? No, this, this can't be right, yeah. you know, and, um, and it was just unbelievably sad to end their lives like that, you know, it was very, very emotional. And then you had to go into work. We had to go into work. The next morning. Yeah, and uh, we went in and everyone was, you know, very sad and upset and, you know, because we, we all, well, not, I won't say knew Jody, but, you know. Would you see him in the Oh, buildings? absolutely, yeah. but, you know, he'd be in the office and visiting his dad, but mm. um, we didn't really know him, but we were so sad for, for him and his, his family, you know. Um, when he, he was killed and um, you know and that that those weeks after were very very hard for them and for everyone really because you were in the middle of it all you know you we whatever job you had you just dropped it and you spent your time reading the condolence letters and Mr. Fyad had said even in the pain at that moment that he wanted to send everyone a personal note of thanks and sign it and um, and he did didn't he and he did yeah i'm sure the thousands and thousands of condolence letters and yeah. cards he received he actually replied back he replied personally. back to everyone and had this uh, lovely card made for everybody and um and his he had a, a, a big team of administrators there and they they processed everything and sent them all off and but you know it was very hard to be to for everything to be as normal because it wasn't mm. you know the whole city was a different place you know, even going to going to work every day and coming home, um, people were depressed and people were crying. You know, you'd have your headphones on and if you had the wrong song on, you'd start crying because mm. it was very emotional. Very emotional time. And every street corner there was flowers, you know, and especially around Harrods and Kensington Palace, it was just a sea of flowers. And, you know, anything people could do, if you remember everyone signing the books of condolences, um, you know, we had people going over and they would bring drinks from the store over to the people in the line to try and help them get through the hours, you know, but it was tough. It was very sad. And also we, we got the news recently that Muhammad Al-Fayed actually passed away himself. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, that the, it, it was an end of an era, mm. you know, and kind of makes, makes you think uh, he was 94 years of age, you know, uh, he lived a big life if you think of it that way. Mm. Um, he didn't, uh, he had lots of friends, but I'm sure he had just as many enemies. Mm. Um, uh, I suppose we all go through life where we might not get on with people, but I suppose if you're a, a, become a wealthy businessman, you don't do it by being nice all the time. Mm. You have to be tough mm. and tough decisions, you know, but, um, but yeah, it was, I was very sad to see that happen uh, to, to him and his family. Um, of course, you know, he was a good age. He was a fantastic age, Yeah, he really was. Even though he, uh, you know, liked to think he was always younger, mm. but uh, he, he certainly, um, you know, never uh, behaved his, like his age. He always thought he was uh, uh, as young as, as the person he felt, you know, so it was... Uh, you also went to work for Manchester United, is that right? I did, yeah. Yeah, I was there for a couple of years. And that was, um, that was really good. What were you doing there? Um, I was uh, I was in finance again, but I was mm. working for the charity, which is the foundation, which was at Old Trafford. Mm. And um, and I um, used to um, uh, spend my day, obviously, you know, doing my job, but you'd be involved in other things as well that would be going on. So, you know, they'd have lots of events and lots of charity events. And it was great. And it used to kill my husband because he's a big Man United supporter. 
And so I'd come home from work and he'd, he'd say, oh, who did you meet today? And I said, oh, I don't know, someone called Ronaldo, you know, um, Rooney, you know, and all this. And it was just so funny because they meant absolutely nothing to me, you know. <laughs> and um, but the good news was that he used to get um, uh, through through me and the foundation, I suppose, you know, we we get allocated some tickets. Um, it had to be some perks in there, surely. Oh yeah, but the I think the worst, the worst one was when they got into the Champions League final in Rome uh, against Barcelona. I think it was at the time, and um, and I, the Manchester United used to take you there if they got into a final, and so I was heading off to the final mm. with Manchester United, and Steve was at home minding the kids because... on the telly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the worst thing was, I didn't even care about football. You know? oh, I must have killed him. Oh, I oh, did, yeah. Must yeah, have I was awful. Him absolutely. Oh, bananas! Crazy. Yeah, I wasn't his uh, favourite person then, but uh, when it came to those things, but yeah, it was good. And here you are now, back, back in Kilsheelan. In Kilsheelan, beautiful yeah. Kilsheelan. We're recording this on a gorgeous day, and I'm looking at Sleeve Lemon, gorgeous Sleeve Lemon over there. It's absolutely stunning, us. isn't it? And the church just over there as well. St. Mary's Church <laughs> you know? and um, the old um, uh, priest's house here, Father Jim O'Donoghue's house, who uh, passed, passed away in 2020. And um, Glad to be back. Oh yeah, very much, mm. you know. Um, we did come back in uh, 2002 when we had, the, had our children here, but we went back again just before the crash. But we went to Manchester. And so we were there till 2018 and then we came back here. And, uh, and Kilsheelan um, is a very special little village. It's beautiful, isn't it? Isn't it stunning? Abs all this area though, Kilsheelan, Kilcash, Ballypatrick. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely beautiful. Beautiful, and, but it's the community as well because mm. um, they have a great um, community uh, and with the tidy towns uh, as well. They do so much work and, you know, and it's, uh, they put so much effort in and the, they keep the village looking beautiful and it makes it feel special when it's looked after you know and people enjoy being part of it and visiting it and it's a very um it's a very special place well Deirdre Broccoli Brennan great to have you back here and thank <laughs> you for so much for joining us on the podcast this week well thank you for having me the Clonmel podcast Thank you, Deirdre. Right, time to announce the winners of our hashtag Where's Mella competition from a couple of weeks ago. Mella was indeed at Dennis Burke Park. I've done the draw. And what well on to this week's winners, JK Mank 1974 on Instagram and Becca Lyons on Facebook. You both received the very nice Clonmel podcast mug. And keep a lookout for Mella next week as she'll be taking more selfies around parts of Clonmel and surrounding areas. So there we have it. That is the Clonmel podcast for this Friday, the 29th of September. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to get in contact, you can email the Clonmel podcast at gmail.com. You'll find us on Facebook, X, formerly Twitter, and on Instagram, and of course on the website, www.theclonmelpodcast.com. Enjoy your week, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. This podcast was brought to you by the Village Grill Clarahan. Open six days a week, closed on Mondays. And did you know they have their own food truck, which is available for private event hire? And they're now taking bookings for 2024 communions and confirmations. Go to www.soulpanfoodtruck.ie. That's soulpanfoodtruck.ie. You've been listening to the Clumbell Podcast with Mark Whelan. 
Produced by West 10 Audio Productions. Your town, your podcast.